0: All right, how's it going? Welcome to another episode of the Pacers Pod. I am Brian, and I'm gonna break down the, the Rockets game tonight. So, the Pacers had a home game. This is a Monday, November fifth, and they uh, this is coming off of the Celtics loss on Sat or the Celtics win on Saturday, and uh, so the Pacers have a lot of momentum, and so we got this home game that happened tonight um that I want to get into and kind of share what I what I was thinking while I was watching the game some of the some questions I might that I that were rose for me uh, some ideas I had and uh yeah I'll get into that but uh yeah so the game it was it was the Houston Rockets at Indianapolis um and so the Rockets are a team that's got off to a slow start this year. They were, their record was three and five going into tonight. Um, and they had a couple of re like Chris Paul was suspended a game. Um, they, they have a lot of new guys on their team. James Harden, uh, missed a couple of games for injury. Um, but you know, with the Rockets, this is the team that took golden state to seven games last year and arguably could have beat golden state. Um, had it not been for that Chris Paul injury in game six. Um, and James Harden was the MVP last year. So Houston had really high expectations this year. So they got off to a rough start. Um, but after the, after Chris Paul served his suspension and Harden um, is back from injury, you know, they have won their last two games coming into tonight's game against the Pacers. And so they went from one and five to three and five. So their team, that everyone thought would be, you know, near the top of the Western Conference, they started out at the bottom and now they're working their way up. Um, and so, Houston had a lot of good momentum, just like the Pacers did. Who coming off that win, um, actually the last three wins, really they've all been super close. Um, all the depot's been making clutch shots. Um, Sabonis had a really good game. So the Pacers had some really good momentum. They'd won three in a row, seven and or uh, yeah, seven and three record for the first 10 games so uh you know a good game was set to set to start and it it didn't disappoint so um you know when you're looking at the Rockets obviously James Harden is last year's MVP so we knew it's going to be um you know I thought okay that's clearly Houston's alpha and then this would be a good time for Oladipo like so basically I saw the matchup of Harden, James Harden versus Oladipo, and one of the things that, um, well, I'll, I'll get into the actual game here in a second, but just just a little bit more about the Rockets. Like, so you got James Harden, obviously MVP, so he's somebody that Victor can, I guess, flex on if you want to put it that way, test his skills. Um, people would say that James Harden's better than Oladipo, so Oladipo is probably a guy that walks around with a mindset of. You know, I'm probably the best shooting guard in the league. I mean, he probably thinks that way. Um, and most people would say that James Harden would would be would be so. This is a good test for Oladipo. Um, the The Rockets also have Chris Paul, crafty guy, uh, future Hall of Famer, I'm assuming, and um, just like a real witty player, man. Chris Paul is awesome. He's just getting older now. Um, they have Carmelo, my wife's sweetheart. Um, <laughs> That was my wife's. Uh, like, so Carmelo was he played at Syracuse that one year, I think it was like 2003 or something. And um, I know that's when my wife had a crush. I think she liked the uh, the dreadlocks, which um, no, it's like the Cornrow dread dreadlocks. I think is what the what his hairstyle was. Um, but yeah, I get it. Like Carmelo, he's he, uh, you know, he do, he's one of those guys that you look at and you don't really want him to catch you staring at you, like. I'm like, well, I uh, I don't know. I just don't think I'd stare much at Carmelo. Uh, he intimidates me. Uh, but not as a basketball player anymore. And um, but the Rockets did sign Carmelo, so he's here. And then they've got Clint Capella, who is uh, a dude. They just got paid this summer. And Clint Capella is just like blocking a bunch of shots. Anyways, the main the main guys are Harden, Chris Paul. Oh, they have an Indiana guy, Eric Gordon. Um, who actually ended up sitting out tonight. (coughs) Excuse me. Uh, Eric Gordon played at Indiana from like, well, you know what? I think he was a one-and-done guy. He was part of the Kelvin Sampson era. Um, That was when I was like a freshman or sophomore in college. I remember kind of like who I brought up on yesterday's episode, uh, Thomas Bryant, being an IU player I didn't like rooting for. I kind of felt the same way for Eric Gordon, although I did get way more into Eric Gordon because Eric Gordon was a sick college player. I mean, I think he might have even scored 30 points a couple of times like he could just fill it up. Um, so anyways, he's on the Rockets and uh, did not play tonight. Um, and then uh, some other news going into the game. So Victor Oladipo was named the Eastern Conference Player of the Week last week. So that's a big deal. Um, I haven't looked to see who the other guys were that have won it, but uh, the whoever votes on this recognized Oladipo for the games last week where the Pacers went three and one, and they won those three close games and Oladipo's clutch play. So even though he, well, and I guess he did kind of put up ridiculous stats too because he had the the two games where he had twenty or, or fourteen rebounds and then twelve rebounds the other game. Um, so yeah. Uh, congrats to Vic, representing the Pacers. Um, yeah, so I, I was just thinking, you know, tonight would be, and and this is kind of, I guess, getting into the action here, um, it would just be a chance for Oladipo to kind of match up against James Harden. Um, and it was a really, so... Um, I, let me think here. How do I want to how do I want to get, roll into this here? Um, so right from the start, you could tell that the Houston Rockets put Tyler Ennis, I think, is his last name. He's um, a wing defender. They they decided to match him up on Oladipo, and for the Pacers, they decided to put Oladipo right up on James Harden. So right from the get-go, you could see that, um, let's see, Oladipo was, like, playing really good defense on Harden, and Harden was kind of killing it. Um, they were going back and forth. There was one play when Oladipo was, like, all up in Harden's business, and Harden had the ball, like, in the corner, so, like, a corner three, and was doing, like, his pump pumping stuff. Oladipo never bought, and then Harden finally, because the shot clock was riding down, had to just kind of dive back and he, he nailed it. He swished it. Um, it swished. <laughs> I think that's it. I don't know if that's a, a... Is it swooshed? He swooshed it. Um, but, yeah, so it was back and forth with Harden. One one thing I liked, like Oladipo was, um, was answering. So I think Oladipo had six of the Pacers' first 10 points. Um, he ended up with... <coughs> ended up with 16 points at the halftime, and Harden ended up with 18. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm, tr- I'm kind of reading my notes as I go because I was uh, – let's see. Oh, well – oh, yeah. So towards the end of the first quarter, so it starts out like Oladipo and, and Harden are going back and forth, and then um, Nate McMillan brings in the bench, and – I don't know how we're playing like TJ Leaf and Doug McDermott both looked awful tonight. Um, Doug McDermott at least looked serviceable, but TJ Leaf, uh, he was just kind of like in the way, like he was, he looked like he was never ready to make a play. Um, And here I go, you know, just picking on TJ Leaf uh, because there's just something when I was watching, when I was, when TJ Leaf's in the game, I can't help but just watch him and like look, ways that he fucks up and that's probably not (laughs) that's not the best way to watch the game but like because for whatever reason like tj leaf ah like all he can do really is shoot and i mean because he can't play defense like apparently he gets rebounds but that's just because he's he plays the four he just gets he doesn't ever like oh tj leaf out rebounded somebody like no, sometimes he'll get good position. He's, I would, I would, I would say he's above average or average, maybe at just kind of headiness. Like he, he understands the game, kind of understands what's going on, but man, he just looks kind of scared out there, a little timid or something. Um, He just doesn't look real sure of himself. And oh man, I, you know, it's just crazy to think about like how he was TJ Leaf would be like he, if you're him, cause he's like a guy that. I'm sure he dominated in high school one year at UCLA uh, first round draft pick in the NBA. And, you know, in his second year, he's just trying to, trying to find his way, trying to find, find a spot to get some minutes. But um, I haven't really seen any skills from him that make me think he's worth keeping around. Uh, So I don't know, at least with McDermott, right? Like, I think McDermott, at least when McDermott goes into the game, he's looking to shoot. He's like, this is the one thing I can do. And you know, he's got the menta- he's got a shooter's mentality. So any chance he gets, he's he's gonna let it rip. Um so TJ Leaf needs to develop a skill like that. And I just don't really see it. But it's early, and um I don't know why I got on a TJ Leaf tangent there, but oh, I, I know why, because uh, it, so when the when the when the bench squad came in, <coughs> it just looked it looked bad because because of TJ Leaf and and Doug McDermott, but then <clears throat> but then Domas emerged. And Domas is going to be um, a focal point uh, for probably the rest of this podcast. But I'm in love with Domas Sabonis now. I think it's clear that he's my second favorite pacer clear um not even close I don't even know if that was I probably would have said that before tonight's game but tonight's game is when I just kind of fell in love with Domas um because I noticed how much of a like just awesome teammate he is and like he's a fist bump guy so like when, when 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 a guy gets fouled or, or makes a jump shot or something like so you see Sabonis like yes like he kind of flexes and like yes like I you know you know that Sabonis is in there to to compete and to win and he's gotten a lot better so it's like oh perfect because he's got that mindset that you can't take for granted because not every player has that mindset and <clears throat> like Oladipo has that mindset which is what makes me so excited. For the future. I, I'm I'm drinking the, the Sabonis Kool-Aid that that says uh you know he can be a perennial all-star. Like I I can see it being an Oladipo Sabonis-led Pacers team. Um I think Sabonis is gonna get paid, and I hope the Pacers are the ones to do it. Um and then it's like, well, I mean, hopefully we can't. I know we've got Sabonis for at least. I know next year for sure, and and I think maybe two more years after that. So we'll definitely get to see it if, um, you know, if he continues to rise. But um, even with paying Turner, I, I, there's a lot of people, and I I do the same thing when I'm watching the games. Like I get pissed at Turner. Um, but you know, it's like if Turner's willing to accept a different role, then I could see him being an extremely valuable player, and possibly even even being worth the money that we're paying him, as long as we like, if if um, so, I'm talking crazy crazy here, but if Sabonis continues to get better, so so what was going on was Sabonis was just dragging the team up and down the court, um, the bench unit. He was I was so impressed with Sabonis's playmaking skills. So he only ended up with a couple assists assists, but he was finding the right guy like. He, when when he catches the ball, he's either gonna make a move or get rid of it quickly, like uh, to the right person, not just a pass back. And he just looks so solid and he's so smart um, and he positions himself really well. Um, he's got such a nice touch too around the basket. like I don't remember him having such a good touch. Like he like anything inside the free throw line and in he's like money. And he can do it over each shoulder. Well, at least over the right shoulder with his left hand. I know he does. Does quite well. Um, his free throws are coming along. I just think he's going to be a star, and um, I'm buying up all the Sabonis stock that I can. And then to think, like his dad was an NBA player too, and people said, "Oh, his dad was so good." Like, his dad. His dad came into the league and actually he played for Portland and was a rookie as a 30 year old or something, something crazy like that, like 29 or 31, like he, his, <clears throat> and he's a huge, he was a huge dude. And this was back in the nineties. The so like when you, if you're a big seven foot three, man, um, your career's not making it, you know much, much more than 30 uh, back in the nineties. The I would, I would assume now that's just, you know, I just thought of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He played a lot. He's tall, but anyways, not the point. I think that uh Demontis's dad, Arvidas, was a stud before he came to the nBA and he was a stud in the n b a but he was really good at shooting and really good at passing like I, he's been called like the best passing big man, and you can see that with domas, and I don't remember necessarily seeing that too much last year, but he's making really good passes <clears throat> um it's just a joy to watch out there. And I think it's because I'm comparing him so much to miles Turner. And one of the things I noticed tonight in, and I'm not giving up on miles at all. I think, um, I think miles is just in his head a little too much. Like when I'm watching the games, he, he doesn't really ever seem to have his emotions necessarily in check. And it goes both ways when things are going good and when things are going bad. So like, Tonight was overall a good game for the Pacers. But Turner was struggling, you could say. Um, He ended up with seven points, only two rebounds, um, two of seven from the field, three turnovers. He did get three blocks. But, you know, he's somebody that uh, he got called out for not rebounding on on the uh, oh Steve Smith and uh Brendan Haywood uh on NBA TV so like after I don't know one of the games last week they're like big man you know you had oh was, I think it was Chicago when he had 18 points 6 blocks but I think he only had 6 rebounds and they're like big man you know you got to give me more than 6 boards and Turner was like oh yeah I know like I just got to go out and do it you know yeah. um but they kind of called him out on for not rebounding <clears throat> and So then the next game was Boston, and he only got three rebounds, if I remember correctly. And then now tonight, he only came up with two rebounds. And when you're watching him play, it's like he just looks like he's putting so much pressure on himself, good or bad. So like, I think like tonight it was bad, so he was just kind of like in a funk the whole night and didn't ever really seem to be um, comfortable out there. Um, But I've seen him. Nights when he does, when he is making this jumper or um, not, he's been turning the ball over actually a lot, anyways. But you know, when things are going wet right, he he feeds that fire too much too for my for my taste. Like, just keep it a little bit more even keeled. Like, I understand getting emo- you're an emotional guy or whatever, so be emotional out there, but uh, make sure it's not affecting your game in a way that's detrimental to the team. And that's what I think that Turner could really improve on and because he's got the tools like when you look at him he's i mean probably he's probably 6'11 I think is what's listed 7 foot he's pretty athletic i mean he has really nice touch touch for a big guy shoots the ball well like he's a good stretch 5 for the future maybe but i don't know what do you do about Sabonis uh that's something that i think we'll probably have a better understanding i had a crazy idea tonight that i'll share but um yeah, so that, you know, Sabonis is great and I think Turner can be there too uh in time. I just think he's a little he's still a little raw emotionally. Um I think he's just too he's worried about himself too much. So he needs to be able to find ways to contribute, which he does normally, blocking shots. Um like we don't need necess- we don't necessarily need you to get twenty points, Miles. So like you know, um, or play make like focus on get, focus on blocking shots and, and and work on getting better positioning uh, for defensive rebounds. I'm not even going to kill the guy for not getting the rebounds because nobody on the Pacers team is going to average. They got great rebounding numbers because they're so balanced. Everybody averages. Okay. Numbers. So, I mean, you got Oladipo, he's averaging over seven rebounds a game and that's coming from your shooting guard. So, uh, Tur- the way that the Pacers are set up defensively, they, um, you know, they keep guy they they let their guards rebound. So, um, I don't necessarily need to see Turner get up to ten rebounds, but it's just I want it to not be obvious when you're watching the game that he's just getting pushed around. Like tonight, Clint Capella just did work on him, <clears throat> and uh, Turner just, you know, it's like he just tries to. Like, it's like, all right, I'll let the guy get it and I'll just block him. Like, I'll just, I'll just block him when he tries to do a putback or something. Like, he just gives up too easy. Um, but whatever, not just going to hate on, on Miles Turner because I, I do like Miles Turner. I love him. I love his future. Um, you know, I'm just, I'm just, I, I love Sabonis more. And I think that we need to get over the idea that Turner and uh, I say we, I uh, mean, Maybe needs to get over the idea that Turner is the stud, and Sabonis is a sidekick, and I think it's the other way around. Um, Now, there's still one driver, and that's Vic, who was awesome tonight. Um, Well, let's see. So I think where I I I picked up or where I left off the game, I think we are there towards the uh, uh, at the end of the first half. It was um, Pacers had a two point lead at fifty-five to fifty three. So Harden had eighteen, old depot had sixteen. Um let me keep on going here. Oh one thing I noticed uh so like James Harden right one of one of the one of his characteristics is the fact that he he gets guys he gets like bullcrap crap fouls like he, he's known as kind of like a flopper who I mean, it's a, he gets guys to leave their feet and he'll jump into them and, you know, then get three, three free throws and whatever. I don't know if there's any, any call. Well, that's gotta be one of the top calls, right? Like when you're at an NBA game, when when a ref makes that call, like when the home team's defensive player bites at a pump fake and then the sh- shooter jumps into the, the defensive player and the ref calls a foul and the, and the shooter gets three free throws. Like that's gotta be one of the top five or 10 calls a ref makes um, that pisses off that home crowd so much. Like, so that happened tonight, a couple times and uh, one in particular time that Harden got, um, I, it might've even been Depot too. So like, you know, against, against our best guy, man, <laughs> but uh, Harden was shooting free throws and it was just like a boo fest. So there's, I, he's gotta be the, the The most likely player in the in the nBA to sh- to shoot or probably the the most shot attempts during a booing crowd is james harden i would I would guess because he he always i i assume pisses off the home crowd. He sure pissed off us Hoosiers, you know it's like damn it, James, stop being so good um. And he makes every free throw, too. So it's like. <laughs> <just decent. laughs> but not really. That is kind of like what I'm saying to myself. I'm like, oh, fuck, he missed it. Because. So. Uh, well, let's see if there's anything else I want to say. Oh, yeah. I already said. Uh, the Sabonis Kool-Aid. I'm drinking that. Um, oh, one other thing I, I wrote down about Sabonis is. Like, so his personality. So he's he's like that guy that's flexing and. He's slapping butts and shaking hands. Um, his playmaking ability and the fact that he his, he's improved. Like, you know, he's this is his third year in the league and he's making a huge jump. He's doing this all. He's putting up these crazy stats. Like tonight, he ended up with seventeen points, um, eight rebounds, and five assists. Like, let's see. I think he led our team in assists. Yes. So, Sabonis led our team in assists tonight. And, um, anyways, I won't get bogged out in the, in the box where there, but his hard work and improvement is insane. Um, he's putting up great, great numbers. And, uh, I, man, I, I just, I like the fact that he, his upward momentum is just, it's crazy right now. Um, oh, and another cool thing that happened during the game, and I was wondering if that was fun to do, is there was a loose ball. And P.J. Tucker from the Rockets comes running in and flies um, out of bounds and crashes into the scores table, which is padded, by the way, um, crashes into this padded scores table and lands right on the uh, monitors of one of the guys being the announcer for the Pacers game that the broadcast I was listening to. Um, but I was, I was watching it in slow-mo, and then it's like you see P.J. Tucker land on these monitors. And then he gets to just kind of stand up like he's uh, like he doesn't have to worry about being kind of like cautious with the monitors. Like he's he was he's treating the monitors as if they were like stones, like the way that he like pushes up off of them. Like, I don't care if I crush you or not. And uh, as he's like running back onto onto the court. That'd be that'd be a pretty cool feeling, you know? Like the adrenaline of jumping uh onto the scores table and then like kind of pushing off against two two monitors. Um anyways, I just wondered if that would be kind of cool. Um and then coming down. So it was back and forth. Um like I said the Pacers were up 2 at half and up 6 at the end of 3. So it was a good feeling game. Like we had good vibes. Sabonis so was steady. Oladipo was good. Oladipo ended up with twenty eight points, six six rebounds, two assists. Um, like I, nobody else really did a whole lot. That was kind of what. Um, anyways, uh, so it was it was a great game all the way down uh, to the wire. The uh, the Rockets end up taking the lead, and uh, let's see. I know they were up by at least four points. There were this was like with two minutes left, <coughs> back and forth, back and forth three pointers from Oladipo and James Harden. PJ Tucker hit a three. Um, let's see, and it was like, oh yeah. So Harden hits a three right in Oladipo's face. I mean, so, so, so much in Oladipo's face, like he had to smell that three, you know, like it was one of those where similar to in the first half, like in the corner, uh, but Oladipo was smothering James Harden and he still got the shot off and still nailed it. And this was right after Oladipo had hit a three to tie the game. So then boom, Harden hits one, Rockets go up three. Um, And then Oladipo comes back. He's making a play. I think we're down to probably 30 seconds or so. So Pacers down three. Old is trying to answer again. He gets the ball stripped from him when he's driving into the lane. Um, and then the Rockets come down and the Pacers foul. And then the Rockets go up by four. Um, and I think there were like 20 seconds left or so. And so Rockets up by four points. Uh, Pacers inbound the ball. Depot comes down, nails a three-pointer. So now the Pacers are only down one. Um, with like ten or twelve seconds to go, um, and then foul the Rockets. I think it was even James Harden that they fouled. Harden hits both free throws. Um, let's see. Well, you know what? I think I might have got off a little bit on the closing because the Pacers lost. So, anyways, <laughs> talk about it. Talk about a crash and burn at the end of the end of the story here. Pacers lost um, because the Rockets scored more points and that's the Pacers pod. Uh no because uh it was it was just it was a good game all the way down to the, to the end and uh but the Rockets obviously ended up getting it done. Um actually I guess that might actually be the end of the Pacers pod. I don't know if there's anything left. Uh, so it was, you know, looking looking ahead at this week, I'd said this was a game I thought the Pacers should win. And it was within reach. So, like, they had the game. They were up by six going into the fourth quarter. Um, but they honestly just couldn't close the gap down there at the end. Um, Sabonis, or not Sabonis, but Bogdanovich missed a three-pointer that was just... Everything about the game and the momentum of that play said... Oh, bogey's going to hit this three pacers are going to go up by one and he missed it. And it was just kind of like, I don't know, from that point on the Rockets kind of just held onto that momentum. Um, so yeah, that was cool. Uh, just pacers are now seven and four. Uh, the Rockets move up to four and five. And I think that's all I got. So We'll see. They've got the Philadelphia 76ers coming to town on Wednesday and then fly to Miami for a game Friday. And then they play this same Houston Rockets team again Sunday, this time in Houston. So this next game, uh, this home game against Philly is another big one. Um, You know, we played the Rockets tough. It was a tough loss tonight, but it's one I think you can live with for sure. Um, You can still feel good about some things that come coming out of this game. Like, you got to feel good with what you have in Sabonis. Um, You got to feel good with what you have in Oladipo. And the balance is still there. Tyreek's shown flashes of being good. I really liked uh, Corey Joseph's play. Uh, He came in and got four steals tonight, which was nice. He didn't shoot the ball well, but four steals, three assists. So he was our second assist leader. yeah, there's just that that collective of kind of like that. Oh, oh, yeah. The one other thing I wanted to say. Um, the lineup that was being played tonight that I was like, oh, shit. I don't think we should be afraid of this being a, a starting lineup. Um, at least we could just call it my favorite lineup. So you run out um, Turner and Sabonis because I just think with the money that we just played Turner, we have to find a way to make it work with him and Sabonis. And I think like Sabonis, you know, he's physical down in the post, which might help out Turner. Like maybe, maybe Turner's just like a guy that's not really going to do that for you. Like, you know, and uh, maybe that's something he just starts to develop over time. But maybe you start. So Sabonis is the five. Turner's just stretch four. And then I love this lineup. If you, so you do the two-headed monster there. Turner, Sabonis. And then they had Oladipo, oh. Corey Joseph, and um, Tyreek. And I could see from that lineup there. So, like, okay, that's that's awesome. So, you got Corey Joseph, Oladipo, and Tyreek matched up with Sabonis and Turner. Now, I would say another guy that fits in there really well is Thad Young. You could You could replace – you could put Thad Young in for any one of those five guys – at any time and all still good. So that means, boom, you got a six man rotation. Um, Then this is where it starts to get a little dicey for me. Um, You got Darren Collison, which I'm okay with Darren Collison, but I actually like Corey Joseph more than Darren Collison when I'm watching the games. Like I'd rather see Corey Joseph out there. And, you know, to be fair, Corey Joseph's, I guess you would say, is typically typically going up against second units. Um, but still, I like Corey Joseph better. So, but then coming off the bench, I, 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 you could, so you still have you got six strong, Thad Young, you could sub in. Then it goes Collison and Bogdanovich, and both of those guys, I think you pick your poison, and even McDermott, I would put in that group. Um, those are just like your shooters that you play with matchups. So anyways, uh, (laughs) that's what the hell should go on. And then the Pacers are going to beat the 76ers. And then the Pacers are going to beat the Heat. You know, it's like, come on, put me in coach. Listen to me. (laughs) Uh, All right, man. So uh, thanks for listening to my podcast and go Pacers. Peace.